Blog Talk Radio. Do you love uploading video to the web, but you can't stand those pesky ads that come with it? Well, go to blazingryradio.com and click on the banner for Vimeo. Vimeo loves your videos. Save and share your videos in beautiful HD with no disruptive ads. As a basic member, you can upload up to 500 megabytes of video per week for free. As a plus member, you can upload up to 5 gigs of video per week. And that is $59.95 per year. And if you want to go pro, you can upload up to 20 gigs of video per week for only $199 per year, billed annually. So, go ahead on over to BlazingRyeRadio.com, click on the banner for Vimeo, and get to uploading. Thank you for listening. BlazingRyeRadio.com. Great city playboys, they're always around to help build your hope up, then help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing worth singing about. So now you're in, and now you won't drag out. Yeah, minds. What's poppin', my dirties? It is Thursday, August 21st, 2014, and you're checking in with your smoking nephew, Blazin' Rye, on the ones and twos, and I'd like to welcome the Sade to my batterin'-wah, Mr. Jonathan Kmart Weeks. Jonathan Kmart, how are you? <laughs> Kmart, good night. How you doing, man? Hey. All right, man. Hey. Hey. Been about a year hey, from you. I've been missing you crazy. How do you? How do you sleep? Hey, man, I'm right now. Hi. What's going so, on, man? Now, now, Mister, do you mind if I call you? Do you mind if I call you Mister, or would you prefer Mrs.? Uh, Mister's fine. That's fine. Okay. Well, Mrs. Weeks, um, <laughs> I I heard from a little birdie that you have some some big news maybe in your in your life. Uh, can you can you tell the folks at home? Yes, the folks at home. Uh, I am going to the great state of New Jersey, and uh, I took a new job there. I'll be in Newark, and I'm excited about it, and I start in that job uh, early September, September 8th. I think I can speak for everyone when, when I say that everybody listening just cringed twice. Uh, <laughs> once upon the mention of the state, and then upon the mention of the city. But how does it feel to be leaving the beautiful state of Vermont and headed to, well, New Jersey? <laughs> I know a lot of people thought I was crazy over here in Vermont. Uh, you know, leaving the nice greenery and the, the, the weather's pretty good. But listen, I'm beating the, the winter. The winter is terrible. I went through one year here in the winter. It's nothing like we get at home in Connecticut or the tri-state area. How uh, could it possibly awful. be worse? How could it be worse? Well, first of all, 
Connecticut and re- recently the, the snowfall has been worse in like Connecticut, New York, mm-hmm. and New Jersey. But the ice is insanity. It, the, the ice is so deep and thick, they don't have any way of uh, either preventing it or stopping it or melting it, and it's there for weeks. They will, can't get rid of it. So um, if, unless you have a really good car who can drive on ice, you will die here. <laughs> <laughs> I've already gotten into like one minor fender bender because of the ice. I was going like two miles an hour. I could not stop. It's like the scariest feeling on earth. When and, um, you, you slid into another car? No, I didn't. I either had an option of going right into a very busy intersection with trucks and whatnot, or going right up a snowbank, and I basically lost my car up on a, a small hill of snow, and uh, I had to get a tow truck to get out. It was ridiculous. Uh, it was like, I, oh, my God. And, and uh, that's the other thing. They don't plow as well as uh, the tri-state They just don't care. Vermont, their badge of honor is surviving the, their winter. So uh, I don't think ridiculous. you need to get into their lives in the bedroom about plowing. <laughs> but um, the what you're saying is that I don't think that's considered a fender bender if you're not getting it in it with another car. Is that still that's considered true. a fender I, bender? I think you're right. Yes, that's right. You're right. Um, you hit. You it hit was up. just really no. like a small accident, small little uh, f up. <laughs> Did you hear that? What the fuck was that? Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, that was fucking weird. Anyway, um, what are you going to do to prepare for Newark? Oh, my God. I, I, I drove through it. It's not exactly Newark. It's a town called Lindhurst, New Jersey, which is near Newark. It's mm. like 10 minutes away from the caucus and Giant Stadium. And I, I was surprised okay. at how close it is to New York City. It's like, you know, uh, probably a five-minute drive to freaking uh, the U.N. Mm-hmm. So, um... I am just excited, man. You know, I, I always had big dreams of uh, kind of living in near New York City, and, uh, you know, I just love the Tri-State area. I feel like the people get me there. The humor is similar. The cynicism is, is right up my alley. Vermont does not have that. I mean, they, they're they're nice people. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that in uh, the Tri-State area, man. There's, there's a certain quality of people I really miss, and they're, it's, it's to be found in that. New Jersey, Connecticut, New York area. It's uh, interesting you say that because when I lived in Los Angeles, I was so looking forward to returning um, to the East Coast and moving to to New York, and I had these fantasies about getting to JFK and having people be rude to me again. <laughs> and the whole moment was entirely ruined because... Um, as soon as I landed, I had uh, like a ridiculously long voicemail, maybe several, from Jason's number where people were talking incomprehensibly. I couldn't understand anything that was going on. I'm sure they were drunk or high out of their minds. And it made the walk through the the airport, you know, because I, I wanted to hear the message. It made it horrible. And then I got to uh, Astoria where I was moving in, I saw that I was moving into a fucking solarium instead of a bedroom because I trusted some guys to uh, find our apartment. And then, lo and behold, uh, uh, you know, I was expecting like a grand welcome and my, my new roommate 
is is just smoking some reefer on the couch when Jay draw, Jason Rawlings dropped me off, and that was my grand return to the East Coast and my grand move to New York. You notice I didn't say back to New York, but yeah, uh, it was ruined. <laughs> New York is a different story. I notice how I said try and think. New York City mm-hmm. is, I don't know I can do it. I don't have the, the guts to do it. It's just uh, only a certain person can do it and stay with it, I think, in New York City. But I know what you mean. I, you know, that abuse, that kind of lack of any kind of attention that you get, is, you know, people really don't care. I like that. A lot of people yeah. say they don't like it. They, they, they make New York to be out to be like this, uh, Terrible place where you know you could die on the side of the sidewalk and nobody will do anything for you. I I beg to differ. I you know and and you know, a lot of these guys love Boston and all this kind of stuff. But uh, I think Boston is my least favorite city of all time. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm just happy to be in that area. There's, there's a sophistication and a kind of cynicism that I just get. And I think it's because my dad was born in New York City, so I kind of grew up with that all the time. And um, you know, I just kind of enjoy it, and I'm I'm ready to get back in it. The whole thing that you just said about people thinking that you die on the sidewalk and no one does anything about it, it's, it is, I know people think that, but it is the complete opposite. Like, in L.A., say, for instance, you could die on the sidewalk and nobody would fucking notice because they're driving in their car, but they're too angry over traffic to continue. It's just, it's a, a, a situation where uh, out there... People are, I think, are less likely to respond to a situation like that. Whereas, say, B. Marsh and I were walking down the street after work one day, uh, walking to the local bar on a Friday, and all of a sudden we see this bicyclist get run over by a fucking taxi. Uh, Oh, my God. And we heard the noise, which was horrifying, and then we just uh, saw this guy writhing in the street, but everybody... And their mother rushed up to that guy to right. to make sure he was okay to call nine one one. It was like, you know, immediate. It, it was an immediate response from just regular citizens, and it was an abundance of them. A very, you know, it didn't matter. It was a very eclectic group of people. Uh, there was no socioeconomic or anything uh, thing attached to it. It was just this motherfucker almost just got killed. We got to help right. him. And you know he's. He, it seems as though he survived, but who who the hell? I mean, he got run over by tons of steel. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, it, it, my point is that New Yorkers, uh, when people are in need, they will be there. You know. Right, and I totally agree. I think there's like a sense of community in New York City you don't get anywhere else. Otherwise, you know, they they been through a lot. You know, especially lately with blackouts and you know hurricanes and storms and otherwise it would, it would be complete insanity but you don't have that you have that in places like ferguson missouri you have you know yeah. 9-11 and you know new yorkers response to it i mean that was that was the benchmark of you know the heroism and uh kind of like uh, the sense of belonging and unification and you know boston had it too but you know, not in the scale of new york i mean that was that was beyond anything any, i think the world scene yeah well um, back to my line of questioning regarding your pending move. How do you expect to thrive near the city of Newark when you couldn't even deliver a Cory Booker joke on a show that nobody listens to? <laughs> I'm going to try my best. Listen, I want to get into Newark. I want to experience it. 
I want to get to the gritty, nitty-gritty of it. I'm excited, man. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's crappy, it's a terrible city. But listen, where there's, where, where there's crappiness, you can only go up. So, I mean, like, there's a massive potential to fix the city. I, I You know, I think it just needs younger people and new ideas, you know, and uh, I think that's a good thing. You know, I saw that in St. Louis when I was there in Midtown. It was really bad, and they couldn't attract young people to the city. But when they started developing new, uh, you know, uh, corporations started coming in, uh, and they started developing certain areas, the people started coming, and uh, it kind of, it kind of, uh, you know, stopped this downward spiral. But uh, Newark just has a lot of potential. That's what I see. Well, that's fair, and uh, you're, you know, you're going to be, as you mentioned, you're going to be very close. Owner and I are going to expect you to hang out with us every now and then. Will you, and yeah. why not? Are we going to get a beer or something? I mean, I'll have a, a non-alcoholic one, maybe. Oh, yeah, sorry, talk about that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, I so can't wait to meet should... up with the owner. That's going to be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that'll be... That'll be a bizarre hangout. It will be, but I think worth it. We're very worth it. And why don't I believe you? <laughs> we can talk about horror movies and uh, owners' uh, opinions of our jokes. I don't think he really enjoys those jokes, though. <laughs> and where are you going to live, and who are you going to live with? I haven't found a place at all. I haven't even packed up my stuff, and i got two weeks left. Uh, I'm going to hopefully live in the town of Lindhurst because I'm a lazy bum and I don't want to have to commute to work too much. Um, mm-hmm. And did you know Lindhurst has a uh, medieval times? you got to come over, bro. you gotta, you got to get some chicken and stuff. There's <laughs> nothing I'd rather do less than what you're proposing right now. <laughs> what this does do is... Except bird watching. Oh, we see yeah, we bird watching. I'll be pretty close to Atlantic City, man. Where no, you go? No, no. <laughs> but I'd rather bird watch than go to medieval times. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? There's a training involved with the shop. And, you know, oh, I think 10 years, in the last 10 years, it's six weeks, uh, they sent the, sent the classes to uh, D.C. This time around, they choose to send us six weeks to Georgia. <laughs> hey, Zeus! <laughs> <laughs> well, you better find out where Marietta is in relation to Decatur and report it on this show. Because what did you ever hear? Jonathan DeMar gave an entire lecture, basically, on the geography of Georgia, and it was brilliant. No, no. He, all of a sudden, he's just like, well, then you could take this route to get from Marietta to Decatur. Um <laughs> And I was just cracking up. Anyway, it's kind of like when he when we were all on together, and he goes and 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 quote me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So when when are you going to Georgia then? Oh, that's gonna probably be uh, late September to uh, no early October to uh, early November. That's bad, bro. That's that's a long time. That is. It's like six weeks, five, six weeks. What part um, of Georgia? I think it's like uh, in the towards the middle. It's about two or three hours away. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's like two or three hours away from Atlanta. Will you see Jesus when you're there? Oh, yeah, I'm going to definitely try. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i definitely see him. You know, there's probably not so much to do around there. I'm definitely going to 
See, it's just maybe I'll do some bird watching. Yeah, I mean, you may as well. You're, you're, you don't do well in these types of situations. Remember when you were in Dallas? You don't do well like that. I don't do well at all. <laughs> I, uh, I, I kind of like, I have, like, homesickness. It's, it's just yeah. terrible. I just started, like, I started, like, melting away slowly. My, uh, my, my brain just kind of starts melting. I can't handle it. It's just too much. And then you're, you're thrown into, like, these social situations that are very awkward, and uh, you it's, done every day because it's part of like the their indoctrination that's really what it is and uh, mm-hmm. but yeah so i'm kind of resistant to it in the very beginning i'm very resistant explain the most awkward social situation that you've had in one of these oh. circumstances before oh my gosh this is this is tough um oh my gosh what is this? i think i i think what is one of the most awkward social situation because you're in the cafeteria with everybody else and there's there's probably close to 200 of you guys and uh, just trying to find the table that you want to sit with is awkward to me. Uh, do I sit with this guy who's in my class? Do I sit with these people who are part of my old basic class who we first started at work? It's picking loyalties and and that's what happens. There's like clicks that, that evolve because there's so many of you there. It's like... Uh elementary school or, or high school uh, it, all is. Over again. It, it, it is it's like yeah. uh being in like a private school yeah and you're you're the regina george and uh your <laughs> friend is the the Lindsay lowen that's right that's that's right <laughs> and I, I believe you already answered the, oh who do you live with now i know you've answered this prior do, do you live with anyone now or you have a one bedroom or you have a studio no, what's going on I right now a, basically i have a one bedroom uh, downstairs apartment, so I almost have a entire half a floor of a house to myself. Is it in a basement or it's just on the first floor? No, just on the, the first floor. Oh, okay, good. You don't want to be down in the basement. I might have to in New in Newark, man. I, I saw those even in Newark, the rents are out of this world. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, how no, much of that? Like, it's like twelve hundred, fourteen hundred for one bedroom. Hmm. That I'm is, paying, that, pay, you know, just for shit. your information, I'm paying six fifty right now for one bedroom in Vermont. <laughs> shit, I hear you, bro. That's similar <laughs> to what I got going on in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, by the way. Uh, oh, so, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and have you 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 have not packed yet? I have. I haven't packed a thing. No. It's, have it's did you terrible. pack your bags yourself? I I did. Were your bags ever left out of your possession? Oh, my God. These are, these are tough questions. Uh, yes. Okay. And do you have any, um, any, um, any sharp objects or weaponry in your bags? No, I don't, I don't have any weapons. I don't. Maybe I should get some. I don't know. Yeah. Especially if you're going to live in New Jersey. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> I think New Jersey is more dangerous than New York. Yeah, well, it's, nothing's more dangerous than New Haven these days. You hear about the guy who got shot and killed on sitting at his computer desk on his birthday because of a stray bullet? Are you serious? Yeah, this just happened like two days ago. Maybe yesterday. Oh, my God. It, are, like, seriously, I'm asking you, because um, you're more in the know about it. Is, it. Has New Haven really got more dangerous or... Is there just media blowing these stories up? Um, I think 
I, I think it's gotten more violent. Uh, I think there's just been more shootings. You know, for right. for a long time, like in the 80s and, and uh, early 90s, crime was sky high. Then uh, I remember when we were campaigning for Mayor DiStefano, um, right. cr- crime had uh, been cut in half uh, in 2003. And then... Uh, uh, now it's it's we're the fourth most violent city in the the country according to like U.S. News or whatever the hell it is. Oh my gosh! I mean, um, I, I like Johnny uh, Des DeStefano. I also like his uh, predecessor was John Daniels. Mm-hmm. And because um, I think those two guys were the first to actually start, uh, you know, stepping down on crime. And I don't know what's going on with Tony Hart, but I haven't heard anything. What's, what has she been doing with the great yes, city? I have not heard a thing yet either. I've I've not heard one thing. All I know is my mom said she ran into her at a fundraising event, and Tony Harp said, "What are you doing here?" Uh, and my mom was like, "I live in New Haven. And I'm here to support you." And she was like, "Oh, I I assumed you lived out in uh, Guilford or something." And I cannot oh, tell you, my goodness. My, that that is like the worst thing you can say to my mother. So she was. She still voted for her, but she was very offended by that, and she she that's told her. Pretty, that. I think that, yeah, that's insulting to me. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, she told her it was. <laughs> she told her it was offensive and stereotypical, and and I think Tony Harp agreed. But come on, <laughs> come on, this, this is ridiculous. And Tony's got to start doing something about that New Haven man. You know, we get yeah. all kinds of bad names: pistol wave in New Haven. Yeah. Uh, you know, most dangerous city in America. Gun waving. Uh, when people get get shot looking at porn on their computer, I mean that's just not, not right. He did not say that he was looking at porn on his computer. There's only like an eighty percent chance that that's true. <laughs> it was his birthday too. Oh my it was, god! It's like he was everything alive for this to happen. This is terrible. He was only hours away from his birthday. I think his birthday was like, you know, it was like 9 o'clock or something, and his birthday was the next day. That's pretty awful, I think. That's, that's horrible. That's, that alone is cause for action. That's, you know, all these things by for disaster. I mean, uh, it just doesn't, doesn't uh, shine a great light on New Haven right now. That's why I talked to Jason Rawlings on the phone last night, and I tried to get him to talk about Shamalia Sh- for a while, and, and all he kept doing was saying, <laughs> That's disgusting. That's disgusting. That, and then I said, how do you suppose they do it? Do they split the dick up the middle and then invert it so that the simulation is still there? And he's going, Ryan, stop. Stop. Uh, and, and then I just cracked up. But then I said, you better be careful. Brothers is getting murked just sitting at their computers looking at porn. And Jay goes... And Jake goes, that's why I'm not trying to get in it with anyone. I just I go to work. I work, you know, 50 hours a day. Then I go home, and I and I don't do anything. And I said, but that's, it, that, that is dangerous now. You can't yeah, do that. Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah, you, you want to be not at home at all. You don't want to be. Right. You, you don't want, want to be outside or at home. Once it's not safe any longer to look at porn on your own computer in your own place, that's when society, you know, it's gone, it's gone to crap. Yes, yes. Oh man, what? Um, what is Tony doing? I don't know. I haven't heard a thing either. I I don't know what's going on with her. Yeah, she's been there for a while now, right? You know, this is almost ha- half a year, I think. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. It's just it's it's hard to imagine any other mayor besides John DeStefano. Johnny D. I I still think he's mayor sometimes. I yeah. Uh, you know, but he, we got to bring him back. Is he coming back? <laughs> I, I think so. He should pull a Jay Leno. You know, come yeah, back. Yeah, but people would actually welcome him back. It was Johnny D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, people welcomed Jay Leno back, and then they kicked him out again. <laughs> but that last goodbye, it was sincere. Did you see it? I bet you didn't even watch it, did you? Oh, of course I watched it. You know, I'm I'm fascinated by late night culture, so of course I watched his second final Tonight Show, and uh, and yeah, it it's weird. It's it like looking at that one. It's almost like he knew the first one would not take. Because there was, right. like, no emotion in that. It was just like, here's a bunch of fucking kids that, you know, pe- people that banged in my office made. And, and he just, uh, you know, showed that as the end. But there was no tears or anything like his final uh, farewell the second time around. So, yeah, what would you think of that? I thought it was, uh, yeah, it was good. It was, you know, like you said, the first one was really, uh, it was, was bad. And then the second one, I, I thought it was more genuine. I thought he was actually very sad. And, um uh, you know, you know it was real when he when he brings out Clark Brooks and uh as his favorite uh, you know, musician at the end, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I think I, I think it was good. I, I I think it was, you know of course the that? first time kinda I, I don't understand what you mean by that. You know it was real when you bring out you know, Clark Brooks. Uh, you know, Brooks, I know or... it was it was genuine. He was you know, he was really I think very sad at the end. I, I even cried a little bit. But uh uh-huh. it was uh you know, that's it. Well, bro, when uh, when Letterman retires, I will be sobbing, um, just like when Agassiz uh, retired and he had the eight-minute standing ovation at the U.S. Open after Benjamin Becker defeated him, I think, in the quarterfinals that Saturday. I was in mm-hmm. Patrick's, I was in Patrick's lair, you know, um, in oh, Burbank. Oh no, no. And, and I had already been really miserable during that time because of my knee injury and whatnot, and I was in a funk of depression and whatnot. And then my my hero retires, and he get, he got this eight minute standing ovation. I was like, I was sobbing. I was, and I'm sure that like when I went downstairs and saw Patrick being like on the couch, uh, right. he was he was just like, hey, what's going on? And he said it like I heard you like you know crying profusely up there, but. Uh, he didn't ask me about it, but man, I still get emotional when I watch the, those those eight minutes. Oh yeah, I mean that's your hero right there. Patrick is very frightening to me. Yeah, he, he was a weird one. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Speaking of um, uh, late night uh, last week, uh, you know, you you and owner did a much nicer job than I did about addressing the big elephant in the room you know you're trying to you're sitting around the living room and you're trying to watch tv and uh there's a big fucking elephant in the way you, you gotta you gotta get rid of that thing um and uh last week when um uh we got the news that robin williams died i uh i i, I thought um i mean after all my shock and sadness and everything and then i i tried to I was like, okay, I got to stay up late tomorrow to watch Letterman, um, mm-hmm. see what Dave has to say, and, uh, you know, I don't know, I need that. And uh, right. unfortunately, he was on vacation last week, 
so so I couldn't. So um, I I did watch what Fallon, you know, Fallon did a nice uh, tribute to him, showed his first ever appearance on The Tonight Show, and uh, then uh, Letterman was back on Monday and kind of, uh, you know, if, if he didn't address it, it would have just been crazy because Robin oh. Williams was on his show 50-something times. Um, oh, my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, between his late night show and the late show on CBS, so he's on a, a bunch of times. But uh, uh, you know, for for people who listen to this podcast two hundred years from now, um, chances are you probably already know who Robin Williams was. But for for weeks and me, he was an indelible part of our childhoods. He was an unmatched force of, of talent and energy, and he'll always be. Mrs. Doubtfire, the genie in Aladdin, the Fisher King, and, and our Peter Pan, and the list goes on. Uh, Good Morning Vietnam, Popeye, Mork and Mindy, Dead Poets Society, Awakenings, The Birdcage, One Hour Photo. He could be a goofy singing genie or a creepy-ass photo developer or an elderly lady trying to spend some time with her kids. And he did it all incredibly well. And uh, he could do an amazing movie like Goodwill Hunting or a shitty movie like License to Wed or movies like Insomnia and Patch Adams, which were incredible and shitty at the same time. Regardless, you were always happy Robin Williams was in it. And not that long ago, I watched one of his movies, uh, The Angriest Man in Brooklyn. It was released on instant video bypassing theaters. So my thought on a Friday night was, you know, especially now that I'm, I don't go out drinking anymore, I, my thought with this movie, with The Angriest Man in Brooklyn, was it's Robin, so I'll fucks with it. It didn't matter right. that it never made it to the big screen or that the reviews weren't stellar on IMDb. It just mattered that it starred Robin Williams. And it probably wouldn't have been a good movie with anyone else, but it was, and it was entirely because of him. And on a on a more personal note, this being August 21st, uh, 2014, the first time I ever saw David Letterman live, his show live, was August 20th, so yesterday would have been 12 years ago, uh, 2002, and it was the first time that my friend Nick Bondoulis and I really hung out, and since then we've become, um, you know, I consider him one of my best friends. He's a guy with whom I have nothing in common except David Letterman in theater, and um, and that that day kind of uh, solidified our friendship and or began a, began a great friendship. And Robin Williams was the first guest on that day. Um, and we went over to the Virgin Megastore after when that still existed because Jim Brewer was doing a, a... Chances are you will not know who Jim Brewer is if you're listening to this 200 years from now. You'll know Robin <laughs> Williams. You won't know who Jim Brewer is, but just know he's a guy. So we go over, and Jim Brewer is doing a signing of a DVD uh, at the Virgin Megastore that we, we had purchased earlier that day so that we could go back and after Letterman and uh, have him sign it and meet him. And um, he, uh, he was like, where, where, where are you guys coming in from? And I said, I came in from New Haven. And he goes, New Haven? That's far, man. What are you doing here? And I said... <laughs> I said, uh, we actually just went to see Letterman, uh, and he said, oh, really? Who was on it? And I said, uh, Robin Williams was actually the first guest. And he goes, oh, Robin was on? Awesome. And he, like, his eyes lit up, and, and he wasn't, you know, it was, it was very clear from the way that 
he interacted with people that he wasn't Robin Williams among his peers. He was just Robin, you know, like Jim Brewer is another comedian. He's just and uh, and everybody liked him. And you've seen since he died all this stuff about how generous he was. It wasn't just his um, talent, which is immense, but uh, August twentieth. Uh, 2002. I will cherish that day even more now. Um, so it's it's a little over a week later, and I I'm still having a really hard time with with it. What are what are your thoughts on 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 this? No, I, I think you you said was very well said, and uh, you were fortunate enough to see him, and uh, I never was able to. But um, you know, I never got into Williams's uh, kind of comedy. A lot of people love his comedy, but yeah, I was a big movie watcher and a big fan of his movies. And uh, you know, one of my well, probably my favorite movie. I, I used to say to my friend Scott Casey was big in the movies. Me and him would talk about them all the time. And one of my favorite movies is Awakenings, and um, mm-hmm. it's a really depressing flick about and Robin Williams. You know, De Niro and Robin Williams. I mean, who could, what better actors could you have in a movie? And right. they're playing almost um, you know a doctor and someone with a severe affliction uh, disease and. Robert Williams is just so hopeful in that, that film, and he gives you such a... And that's all, the same thing with Patch Adams, and he gives, like... You know, Robert Williams' movies, when he plays a character or a profession, and in both of those movies are doctors, he paints a picture of doctors that, you know, lasts with you forever, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not a doctor, you really don't know what a doctor, what a doctor is, what being a doctor is like. And Robert Williams paints a picture that uh, portrays them in such a positive light. And I think, you know, hope and, you know, and he, he, he touches on such really important uh, subjects and, and family, uh, you know, caring for others and uh, psychology. A lot of these topics, which are never really brought up, and, and he kind of popularizes them and kind of, you know, you know, he affects you so much that this becomes your portrayal of how they really are. And it's nothing but positive in, in, in the way he portrays us, and, you know, in divorce and, and Mrs. Doubtfire, and family structures, and how they're changing, and how, you know, you could be yourself, and uh, be, be proud and happy with who you are, and kind of discover yourself, and, you know, those are, you know, tough things to do, and I'm sure you picked those roles, because, uh, the, like you said, I, I think I saw a quote by him, I forgot what it exactly said, but it was something like, I don't just pick a role, I pick something that changes people's perceptions, I think that's what he was going for in a lot of his movies, and uh, you know, even his darker roles, like you know, the guy with the the, the photographs and stuff like that. You know, he was pretty uh, crazy in that. So, uh, I I think Robin Williams is one of those actors who really has a lot of meaning in, in his roles, and it goes well beyond the words that he says in the characters. It just portrays things that go beyond what you would figure that they do in their daily routine. There, it's a symbol, and uh, I think that's why he was so powerful with his audiences. He was a symbol of hope in a lot of his movies. He was the greatest, he was a great unifier of our time in, in, in movies, you know. He was like, uh, you know, I, I really like Robert Williams. I think he was honest in his movies, and he picked meaningful roles, and uh, he was positive. So, I, you know, I think I just, you know, honor him in that way, and I think he's one of the best, most influential actors of our time, our time. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, he, uh, I, I'm with you on the comedy thing. I, I never really got into his stand-up. I, I wasn't particularly a fan. Um, 
but but there was always something way different about it, his uh, stand-up than anybody else's. Um, right. You know, which which I think is is great. Uh, I I think it was just wasn't my my style is more like angry Lewis Black kind of humor. Um, right. But they were friends and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, his but the the thing is about him is that he you know apparently I remember like freshman year or sophomore year of college when sophomore year when one hour photo came out my acting professor uh, Craig was saying that it was uh, that apparently Robin well you know he's a Julie he was a Juilliard trained actor and apparently Robin right. Williams was very uh, um, specific with his acting choices and it was it was very methodical and a lot of this stuff that you wouldn't know from the way that he does his comedy, which is very improvisational. You know, he, he did this, like, he worked very, very hard on um, his uh, movie characters and his, you know, when he played another character. The other side of this, of course, is, like, you know, what you're saying all this stuff about his movies have, you know, he kind of represented hope and stuff. It, I think a lot of people are still having a really hard time grappling with how his life ended, and uh, I was went to see some stupid fucking movie the other night with um, my friend, and afterwards we went to a diner. My friend said, uh, oh, I, I don't think it'll be too healthy if I get a sandwich now, so I'm going to get a piece of cannoli cake. It made no fucking sense. But then he what? says, uh, I brought up Robin Williams at some point, because, like, you know, it's the elephant in the room, and, and my mm-hmm. friend goes, uh, I'm still angry about that. Like, for somebody to... Ha- I would, like, kill for a tenth of the adoration and the recognition that he had. And then I'm just... Right. I-, I told him, like, but that's that's not what this is about. Like, the fact that he is loved universally... Um, and that he has a lot of fame and money and people love him and all that stuff, it's, it's irrelevant when it comes to mental illnesses. And uh, if you're grappling with stuff like addiction and depression, um, things can come to a head. And there's, there's like, with uh, Parkinson's disease, I know that Rob Schneider went on a Twitter tirade about how when... Robin Williams was diagnosed with Parkinson's, which we learned after he died, um, cool. that he started taking medication, and apparently one of the side effects is, is suicide. He probably, Schneider probably meant one of the side effects is suicidal thoughts. But, like, you know, I, I have uh, had serious bouts with depression that, that I, then, then I took a drug that I still yeah. take that one of the side effects is, is uh, suicidal thoughts in young adults. So that could be, I mean, I never had it, thankfully, but um, it's, you know, you don't know if it was the drugs that caused his, it's just, it's tough to think that, like, okay, so what I'm saying is that, like, it's not, it's kind it's ignorant what my friend is saying, but it is completely understandable to have these, like, thoughts, like, you know, for Shepard Smith to say what he did on, on Fox News, it's it's not out of the realm of, comprehensible what these people are saying because it's hard for people who haven't experienced mental illness to uh, put themselves in in other people's shoes. So it would be hard for 
someone like Shepard Smith to understand what he was going through at the time. Uh, we're going to pause this for a moment, and uh, uh, do you do you know? We're gonna pa- we're gonna take a turn here, as they say on the Today Show, and we'll take a turn back later. But do you know what okay. uh, what time it is? Weeks. It's the Hot Mess Award for the Wizard. It is the Hot Mess Award. why there was new music. Because <laughs> we lost the old music. We lost I don't know what happened, but it got eaten up. Oops. <laughs> yeah, it got eaten up and, and, then, and then replaced by clips of, of the worst interview ever with Matthew Heller. <laughs> Sire, what's going on? You, you're, you, are, you, are you at the theater? Are you in the middle of a show? I just got home from the show. Our show starts at 7 and runs till about 8.40. So I bolted from there. And it's how's that going? Great. We're, at the half, we're at the halfway point. we got eight more shows to go. So then are you and Weeks going to get your butts in some seats? Oh, my gosh. What, when does this uh, show run to? Uh, it runs to the 29th. Oh, I'll be able to make it. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and well, I've already... Uh, Sire, I've already planned with Nick Fondoulis that we, we, we said sometime around the 27th, so it'll be next week sometime. Uh, okay, cool. Holler. And and weeks, uh, you should come that, that day. What day are you going? 27th? It might be the 27th. I don't know, because we may have this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> depends on what day we do that this show. Uh, okay. But, but are you, when are you in the area, though, weeks? Uh, I should be there probably uh, that week, actually, because uh, I got to I got to move into Jersey, so oh, I will God. make I will make a point to see that show, Sire. Nice, nice. There's nudity. Cool. There's nudity. Yeah, nice. I'm coming. <laughs> of both kinds. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll all that. Shimalia nudity. nudity. No Shimalias? No Shimalias? No. <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna get to that in my hot mess awards. Okay, okay. I'm excited. Who? This is. This is the first hot mess awards that'll make sense in a couple of weeks. Uh, who is your first hot mess, sire? Well, my first hot mess is going to be the continuing saga of B. Steviano and Donald Sterling. I don't mm. know if you heard this newest nugget. No. But V, who I have always sort of had the suspicion was probably leaning toward the Shamalia version of life. <laughs> uh, Instituting just V for that faux vagina that I think she probably has. She's now claiming that she was Donald Sterling's beard and that they never had sex together because he's really into men. Yeah. Bounce those basketballs. <laughs> so wait, his his mistress is is Shamalia's. Well, I, I've always had that suspicion. She's just a little too carved out, if you know what I mean. <laughs> how, how does you know that what work? I mean? Do I think she might, have started with, she might have started with something in the glove box. <laughs> what I hear is that you cut it 
is split it up the middle, invert it, so you keep the stimulation. Mm. <laughs> and who's your second hot mess, sire? My second hot mess has got to be CNN. Mm. For the way that they can just manage to take, you know, whatever whatever is going on and just pump the fuck out of it 24-7. Mm. It's like I'm going, wait a minute, isn't the Middle East still in crisis? No, we got to hear about Ferguson. But yes, Ferguson, what's going on out there is some fucked up shit, but our race relations in this country have been fucked up shit for years. You know, it's time to have a real conversation about them and not just, oh, this one said that and that one said this and this video is going to prove that and this video is going to prove this and not all police officers are racist and not all, yeah, 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 yeah. But meanwhile, there's, you know, shit happening all over the world again, but you wouldn't know that. It's like, you know, the plane crashes and how they right. melt that until there's another crisis and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, two, mm-hmm. two. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, they are—they're the worst. CNN's the worst. And who is your third hot mess? My third hot mess is—I just discovered this one. Scott Whelan. Do you remember him, Stone Temple Pilots? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Well, apparently, he's been in jail now for almost a month out in L.A. Why? Uh, I, I guess not able to post the ninety-five thousand dollars bond. For oh, well, one thing, but, but what got him there was apparently while well, he was cranked up on some crystal meth and having, I guess, enough quantity on him thus to get this arrest and be put away, he was stealing some razors and other cosmetics from a Beverly Hills Rite Aid. Okay. And they locked him up yeah. for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it makes you wonder, how much fucking crystal meth did he have on him? Oh, my. Rock. Wow, he's really yeah. falling. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, the... the, the, the I, just uh, love, I, I just yeah. love that there's a Rite Aid in Beverly Hills. That's what I thought <laughs> was the best part of the story. Yeah, but... But you're going to have to pay for your own fucking plastic bags there, which I realized last time I was out there, is everywhere, especially around West Hollywood, it's a law now that you need to pay for, the, you know, you want a bag at CVS, you got to pay for it. Yeah. You're supposed to carry your own little tote in to shop with. Oh, yeah. Their way of, you know, solving the environment's problems, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, exactly. So in honor of Scott Weiland, um, we're going to, we're going to jack off. Are you guys both lubed up? I'm ready to go. Oh yeah. All right. So let's do it. Takes us to an accident scene in Charlotte, North Carolina. Four firefighters are hurt after a fuck truck, a fire truck overturns on the highway this morning. Can you, can you tell us a little more of what you saw? I sure can. I was sitting on my front porch, grabbed a beer, and fuck her right in the pussy. And that's going to be our joke-off theme music. That's pretty good. Time will take too long to take behind the conversation. Take us off, Fogarty. 
Okay, in Ohio morgue attendants on Friday admitted to having sex with 100 corpses while on the job. Well, I guess you can call him the Will Chamberlain of fucking carcasses. <laughs> That's just, I mean, were they, was it all women? Was it men? Was it both? Did he like a real stiffy skippy? <laughs> yeah, he was really banging him. His wife said that he would reek of sex when she picked him up from the hospital, and she would try to complain to, to complain about him to the morgue, and the morgue said, stop calling. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, reeking of formaldehyde. That's got to be a funky smell. Gross, yeah, it smells bro. like Mrs. Van Wagner's biology class, bro. Oh, bro. <laughs> that... A Florida woman ripped off her 84-year-old grandmother's bra, twisted her wrist, and sold her jewelry while trying to get Grandma to give her 80 bucks for a hotel. Grandma defended herself by swinging her sagging tits at this sicko. Jesus. Gross, bro. A New Mexico woman. Grandma. A New Mexico woman was arrested for poisoning her roommates. In her defense, the woman says she did so because they walked in on her having sex with their dogs. My guess is you're not helping yourself when your excuse for trying to kill people is that you were having sex with their pets. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Damn. A sleeping Damn. Florida driver... A sleeping Florida driver was awakened by police at an intersection and led the authorities on a chase before being apprehended in a gated community. When asked why he pulled this stunt, the driver said, uh, because of Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. 26-year-old gay artist Misha Badasian is a performance artist who for his latest piece, plans to have sex with a different man every day for a year. For the project, he draws on the influence of the French philosopher Marc Auge's theory of contemporary culture's non-place. He also draws from American philosopher Jenna Jameson's theory of contemporary culture's cock in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a yeah, Republican, by the way. <laughs> She's a what? Republican. He's, he's, the, the, oh, nice. he's going Bukaki. <laughs> ah, Bukaki, Bukaki. That. San Diego woman, <laughs> Teresa Owens, was high on meth when she was driving the wrong way and ran over a group of cyclists on Friday. She was taken to the hospital after the crash where her nurse found a bag of meth hidden in her vagina. After the nurse retrieved the drugs, Owens explained, Sorry, nurse. I thought I put it up the front of my butt. Oops. <laughs> I, I, I just want to know how big her butt was if she had both a front and a back to it. <laughs> <laughs> it really begs the question. Now this, this, next one is, this next one is near and dear to my heart because I'm an Ohio State Buckeye. I graduated from OSU. But, yes. The best damn band in the land, Ohio State Marching Band Director Jonathan Waters, 
was fired for promoting a banned culture of rituals that included students marching in their underwear, playing groping games on the buses, and tagging sexually explicit nicknames on band members because on suggestive stunts, mimicking orgasms, sex toys, and body parts. In other words, he was promoting college. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got my first year there. <laughs> Wikimon found... What? Go ahead. Never mind. <laughs> well, what were you going to say? It's your alma mater. Never mind. Okay. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange announced Monday that he plans to leave the Ecuadorian embassy in London where he's been holed up for two years. The last time I was somewhere I didn't want to be for two years, I was holed up in my first wife's vagina. <laughs> That's the hide. Yep. Yep. Get her done. Last, last Sunday, Did David Greg... <laughs> Did it have a front and a back? Yeah, yes, it was that big. <laughs> Last Sunday, David Gregory was absent when Meet the Press said goodbye to him. Similar to how Tim Russert was absent when Meet the Press said goodbye to him. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, man. wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. Wow. That was fast. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Rest in peace, yeah. Tim Russert. Rest in peace. Oh, jeez. Oh. Do- Dr. Keith Alblow. Oh. <laughs> alleged that Michelle Obama needs to lose a few pounds on Fox News the other day. In response, her husband said, Hey, doctor, why don't you a blow mate? <laughs> yeah. That was good. Hello. <laughs> you there? Uh, sire. <laughs> okay. Inspired by civil unrest in Ferguson, Missouri... Three high schoolers from Decatur built 5.0, a mobile app that allows citizens to document police brutality. This reminds me of my app, 3.0, which allows me to document how many seconds I last during sex. 3.0! Newly out singer Sam Smith is single but will not be looking for love using dating and hookup apps. He said, we're losing the art of conversation and being able to speak to people. He followed that up with, if you want proof, just listen to my music. It sucks. Aww. <laughs> I like Sam. <laughs> She's okay. Yeah. Okay. Florida man, now wait a minute, it's not Daniel Day-Lewis, it's God, Daniel that, Lewis Davis. That's what it looked like, yeah, I keep thinking Daniel Day-Lewis. I know, I had to like check myself. I wasn't sure if it was in the front or the back. <laughs> Florida, man, Florida man, Daniel Lewis Davis was caught masturbating in the street. When the police asked him what he was doing, he said he was looking for a new house. He explained, you see, my eyes are on my cock. Thank you, sire. 
have a wonderful night. Break a leg with the rest of your run, and we will be there next week. That's right. Good, Congrats thanks. on the show. Yep. Yeah. See you soon. Thanks, guys. See you, mate. Yeah. Our weekly moms. Um, so, yeah, sure. Fogarty. How about that Fogarty? Back on the show. Yeah. Boy, I don't know about you, but that, that was quite a relief to, to hear a familiar voice. It was. It was it was a great relief. I, I missed the young laugh. Yeah. Not not that there was anything wrong with the, the last voice. It no, was just, no, no. He was good. He was good, but he, brilliant. he was no Tom Fogarty. No. So uh, let's just get a little depressing for a couple more minutes, and then we'll move on to uh, yeah. stupid shit. So um, the... What I was the point I was trying to make before was that of course people are going to have these thoughts, you know, like what did he have to be upset about? What, 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 why, you know, why is somebody who's rich and famous uh, going to kill himself? Uh, I, I, I don't see the the comedy thing as you know uh, as a real confusing point. Like a lot of people think, like, oh, Robin Williams seemed so happy; he was always fun and making people laugh. So so, right. you know, it's surprising that he'll do this. But that that is not a surprising part to me. It's very common that comedians especially have, you know, the whole reason they're comedians because they're messed up um, mm-hmm. and have, have issues. Uh, so, um, you know, who knows what it was? Who knows if he had really reached the end of the line with his depression? Who knows if, if it was because of Parkinson's and he didn't want people to remember him shaking or whatever you know that that would lead to uh who knows if it was because of the the medication that he was taking that made him suicidal like rob schneider said um who knows but uh but i think conan o'brien said it well because i guess they got the news during the show when they were taping um and they cut to will arnett and conan and andy uh sitting there at the end of it and conan like broke the news that he Robin Williams died, and uh, and Conan said that they were all shocked and 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 that it was horrifying. And I I think that that's very accurate. You know, I I think it's a it, it's a shocking, horrifying thing. Um, it's sad, and um, regardless of you know, some people say they're not um, surprised because because it's like the sad clown. Um, but right. I don't really think about it that way. When I think of clowns, I think of guys who are chain smoking all the time and have you know the uh, <laughs> makeup on and go to entertain. I, clowns are are scary people. Um, I don't I don't think of an Academy Award winning uh, you know actor as, as as in the same realm as a clown. But 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 some people were, but there's no way that that people can't be surprised at all just that it happened. Um, Anyway, uh, basically my point is I kind of I understand where my friend was coming from, but there was a lot of ignorance behind those comments. Uh, what do you think about that? No, I I, I agree with that. I think um, I was shocked uh, first and foremost. I you know, and I think Ron Williams is uh, you know this only brings you know to me you know it's, it's tragic. It is tragic, you know, that someone would take their own life, but, you know, I don't, I was not in his shoes. I can't comment on it, and I don't think it's anybody's job to comment on it. So, right. you know, a lot of these people, I used to be one of those people like, oh, you know, it's people who commit suicide, they're weak. They're terrible. They're they're evil, selfish people. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't know what they're doing to their family and, and things like that, and I used to be like that. I, I think, you know, as I've grown up, I've realized that 
suicide is, you know, um, everybody thinks about it, I think. You know, I, I thought about it. I think, you know, everybody, everybody thinks about it, you know. Whether or not you have issues, you know, or big issues, or you're seeing a psychiatrist or whatnot, I think it's just something that, you know, everybody goes on through life. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the world that we live in, you know, it's so monotonous sometimes, and it's so cruel, you know, and people's judgment, especially when you're an actor. I can only imagine how rough that can be. And uh, so I think, you know, whatever he decided, I, he decided. So I don't cast judgment on him. I just cast, you know, judgment on, on the, the movies that he created. And I think, you know, that's what his life was about. I think he put a special meaning into the movies and the work that he did, and that's a beautiful thing. I think when people take their uh, professional life so seriously that, uh, you know, uh, they kind of put their life into it. I think that's an amazing thing. And, you, and it, it, it paid off. You know, it was high-quality movies that touched people's hearts. And, uh, you know, he lived, he lived through his work, uh, in other words. And I think very few people can do that and kind of still touch people to this day with his movies. And I just wish, you know, he could have been around to continue to make movies. You know, he was only getting better, in my opinion, with, you know, Goodwill Hunting and, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't able to check out that show that, that got canceled, but, you know, yeah. it looked pretty good. And, um, you know, I just wish that he had more work to, you know, uh, to show the world. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's it's funny that uh, I think uh, a lot of, you know, people have nothing but nice things to say about Robin Williams. And, you know, he was you could tell that he was a true talent because whenever, uh, you know, I read uh, a lot of things about, you know, movie sets when they were going on lunch breaks, he would attract crowds with his comedy. You know, and that's not... Mm-hmm. So that's not something a, a normal person can do, you know, that unless you're super talented, you can do that. You know, I think Steven Spielberg said it, you know, perfectly about him. He said he was a lightning bolt of uh, of insane um, talent and creativity. And I think, that, you know, you you come across those people, you know, very few and far between and uh, very rarely. And, uh, you know, I just think we should celebrate his life and, uh, and while tragic, a lot, of, a lot must have been going on in his life to, you know, not just the drugs to, uh, you know, drive him towards suicide. You know, because everybody said that, oh, he took a picture of McDonald's and he looked awful. I saw that picture. He looked normal. He looks like a normal dude, you know, and uh-huh. I I don't get it. So a lot of people, you know, they're so quick to cast judgment on him and because uh, he's a celebrity. But I think, in re- you know, you know, you look at him, I think Robin Williams is just one of us. You know, I think that's why he touched people so, so well, you know, so, uh, you know, close to home. And that's why it's such an effect. You know, and I think, you know, because he was a good guy, much like Paul Walker. Paul Walker is not a big-name actor. He's not a huge, humongous celebrity, you know, maybe unless you love Fast and Furious. But he did a lot of good things in his life. So mm-hmm. I think when you combine the two, you know, you, you do a great job in your professional life and you do some good things, you know, you're just a genuine human being and people, you know, feel hurt when you lose those kind of people. So that's what I think. Yeah. Um well said. That's that reminds me when you said uh uh when people commit suicide you would think, well how could they do that to their family? That was uh, to be honest, that init- that was one of my first thoughts was how could yeah. he have done this to his kids? But but then it's it's not, you know, like uh Dick Cavett was on uh, like, let me tell you the the people that they've gotten that they got on like CNN and like Entertainment Tonight the next night, it was the weirdest group of people to comment on him dying. Like Dick Cavett and Andy Dick were on together, which was very odd. It was and very odd. Very very weird. 
Um, but Dick Cavett said that, you know, people, people are going to think, like, how can you do this to your family? But you need to look at it as, as a mental illness. And, you, you know, it's, um, uh, it, there's, there's a disconnect there. And, uh, and it's not, you know, uh, obviously it's not out of malice or whatever. And not that right. he loved them any less. Um, but like, it was like Dick Cavett and Andy Dick were on together. Dick Cavett's fine. He's a broadcasting legend. But then, um, Andy Dick, then they had Dr. Phil and Dr. Drew. And it was like, are you serious? This is, you know, this guy was a legend and you you put on these boobs. Um, anyway, what do you say, uh, what do you say we move on to, uh, to tampons? Let's do it. We're, we're, I mean, we're uh, the in-house experts on tampons now. <laughs> Thanks to owner. Owner was great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, we're going to go through a few clips from um, a podcast called Friday Night Cranks. Check it out, FridayNightCranks.com, um, where uh, there there is a crank phone call being made on a Friday night to a hotline for, uh, I guess, a tampon product. And uh, we'll just play those in succession. So that's we're just going to do that first, and so that Weeks and I can refamiliarize ourselves with these clips. Cool. All right, here. Just putting it up in, insert it, and then just pull the cardboard out. Put put it up in what? You said serve in your, it. The vagina. In the what? Yeah. In your uh, your. Uh, did you did you say in my in my butt? Your butt. Yeah, up, you know, up the front of your bed, just stick it in there. <laughs> um, and now, are there are there safer ways to to handle this situation, or you just think up the butt's the easiest way to go? Yeah, just stick it up your javanus, and that's it, honey. And just pull it, uh, pull the cardboard out. And it'll stay in there, and then uh, whenever you get ready to change, just no, no, I, I don't need to. Do ladies put them yeah, up the butt? But no, they put them up their vagina. They don't put them up their butt. It's just for oh, the javina. From, the the javina. Yeah, javina. Yeah, it's to keep. <laughs> it's just for like when you're on your period for ladies. They use them when they're on their period. And they, so they can them. wear big boots or whatever. And then no, they don't eat them. <laughs> oh goodness. I just want to be clear that, sh- that he said, and they eat them. <laughs> You're saying to change it a few times a day so it doesn't get oversaturated and, and leak? Yeah. Yeah. It'll, you know, it, it gets pretty dirty and smelly if you leave it in for a long time. So. Yeah, usually, especially if it's up the butt. Um, but let me get crazy. Let's just say I leave it in, right? I forget to take it out, which has happened more than once. Um, and I have somebody over. Things get hot and heavy. Things get crazy, and the tampon goes too far up, and I lose the string. What happens then? Uh, you'll have to go to the emergency room and have them to take it out. That's what a friend of mine did. She forgot about it and left it in too long, and she and, had to... And she had sex? Did okay. Yeah, she had sex and then she had to go get it pulled out because she couldn't reach it. And and and, and the guy didn't notice that he was uh, he had some extra cushion. Well, I guess not. That's what I thought. I thought, well, it looks like they would know it whenever they. It's 
But anyway, she didn't, so she had to go to the emergency room and I took it out for her. She was really embarrassed, but... She said, you're going to need to go to the emergency room and have them to take it out. <laughs> I want to make sure you heard that. Um, what do I do after? After what? Like you change? Yeah, like after I change it, yeah. You got where you change it, and when you take it out, just dispose of it, and then uh, put a new one in. And do dispose of it you where? Do like, do do I eat it? Just in the trash. <laughs> just throw it in the trash. Oh, so so I don't eat it. Because one of my friends said that she eats them. Oh, you've got to be kidding. No, she 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 sent me a picture. Are we talking about the same thing? I'm talking about a tampon. Yeah. So, so my friend Dude, was saying. I'm, I'm just asking. Like I said, I'm new to this. You're the uh, you're the expert over here. My friend said when she's done, huh? she instead of throwing it out because it's wasteful, she eats it like a gusher. Oh my god! No. Oh, God! I can't imagine anybody doing that. But uh, <laughs> some, some, she said sometimes she she said sometimes she freezes them and makes cherry popsicle sticks. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, I think she needs help, but um, that's beside the point. Um, I'm sorry? Like like up it? Like like in like how you were saying to put it up the butt or vagina? What about up up the penis? It, it only goes in the genitals. You don't uh, put it in, in, in the, the penis what? at all. Oh, I'm right? sorry. You, it goes up where? You, you said a word that I didn't hear before. The same word, I'm not pronouncing it very well. The same word you said that instead of the penis, the other it goes up the but vagina. Uh, oh, but vagina, okay, but yeah. I just call it a vajayjay or a ooo. Okay, and if you put it up that, that's the only thing. I, I don't. It won't fit on a penis or anything like that. So no, no, no. I, I don't mean to, to fit it on it. I mean like like a where where the the urine and 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 semen's come out to just put, plug it up. Um, no. I wouldn't. Just not on your, in your service. I just wanted you to put it up in there and then when you put it in you just pull, you're holding the cardboard as you stick it in. And then you just pull the cardboard out and the tampon will stay in there. In, in and my, there's a string on there. In my butt. Uh-huh. As far as for you, you don't use the tampons, please. <laughs> but you you were saying to put them on my butt. No, no, I meant your your rectum. I don't I don't want you putting them up your butt. That's not good. <laughs> I just want to play that one again. As far as for you, you don't use the tampons, please. <laughs> but you you were saying to put them on my butt. No, no, I meant your. You're wrecked. I don't, I don't want you putting them up your butt. That's not good. <laughs> she said, no, I mean your rectum, not your butt, your rectum. Do not eat it. Do not, okay. <laughs> Throw I'll, it in I'll, the trash. All right, then, big letters. Do not, do I give it to my dog? Well, I did, I did what you said before while we were on the phone, so I already have one up my butt. Oh, you've got to be kidding. No, no, I, I you wish I was. pull it out before it gets stuck up in there. Uh, what? 
<laughs> well, I did. I did what you said before while we were on the phone. So I already have one up my butt. Oh, you've got to be kidding. No, no, I, I wish I was. Pull it out before it gets stuck up in there. What? <laughs> well, what are you going to do if you have to go to the bathroom? Mm. How's it going to come out? Um, I, I figured if I have to poop hard enough, it'll just come out naturally. <laughs> so, are you supposed to wear the tampon um, when you're having your period, or just like you're just supposed to put it in when you're having sex? It's not a. It's just. Like, it's like a female condom, right, or something, or what? What is this? Like, I think it has. <laughs> I think it has HIV preventative medicine in it. So I'm not really sure. I don't know if you wear it all the time, and it soaks up the medicine up in in the cooch. Because you gotta think. Because you gotta think about this. If you're having, if you're on your period, and you would. That's when. That's the absolute time when you want to have protected sex because that's when. The chances are increased for getting HIV is that there's blood being passed from back and yeah. forth, you know. So it's funny. It's like so calling it a tampon, even if you're supposed to wear it any time. It's just weird to me. They would call it an HIV preventing tampon. It's strange. Yeah. Anyway, it, I wish there was. It's, it's, it's difficult to talk about these things when there's not a woman on the air. You know what I mean? I always feel slightly like like a jerk having comments about. You know. I, <laughs> okay. So anyway, yeah. But that's that's interesting. <laughs> I love the owner. I loved him. I think we got to get him back on. Yeah, definitely. So there were some new clips for you there. I mean, it was it's all gold, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. I think the, from that last show, oh, my God, amazing. <laughs> um, no, I mean from the, the lady. Oh, the lady is – I didn't know it got better. That was better than the other clips. Uh, oh I know. My I God. Like, the, apparently, the, I, I picked like the, the wrong ones. What? The C-Mans. I like oh, the yeah, C-Mans. The C-Mans. <laughs> and uh, we'll just play two more clips uh, of Owner from last week. So this is uh, filmmaker Owner Tekel, whom we interviewed last week. Not exactly sure what these are. All right, let's jack off, gentlemen. Uh, Owner Tekel, kick us off. So I'm just supposed to read this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's what that was. When I start, when I show a movie, usually if I make an introduction and I'm going to be in the audience, I tell people don't laugh because I'm going to be in the audience and I don't want you to sycophantically laugh because you know I'm listening. I like you know only laugh if you really. So okay, so here I go. A Philadelphia Archaeology Museum has found a 6,500 year old human skeleton in its cellar. After she was discovered, the skeleton got back into making snide comments about celebrity fashion on E. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I don't, I don't quite get that joke. <laughs> I mean, like, is it like? I mean, like, okay, it doesn't matter, I guess. But it's, I mean, okay, but you just wrote these today, which is amazing. Uh, so he delivers this Joan Rivers joke perfectly, top notch. Yeah. First joke he tells, delivers it perfectly and then proceeds to ruin it by saying he doesn't get it. You know? He does. He totally ruins it. I, 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 that's how he was like throughout the entire joke-off. I mean, the jack-off. He was just, uh, you know, a lot of talking. <laughs> and what about, uh, what about Mousy? Do you know anything about her yet? Uh, I don't... Uh... 
I don't know anything about Mousy yet. She's still being imprisoned by, uh, what's her name, Martha Stewart. I, I don't know why I almost said Whitey Stewart. I, yeah, said I don't, that. I don't I know why. Like, how can you forget Martha Stewart's name? Um, uh, I'm just going to mention this because I've, I've had it on the docket for the last <clears throat> two weeks and didn't get to it, and I don't... I'll just read the beginning of it. I don't know what this is, but it looked intriguing. It says, this is an article from Jezebel.com. It says, logging is the revolting new poop craze that must stop now. Uh, Poop ruins everything, and at the Holiday Village Red Sea Resort in Egypt, it's ruining everyone's vacations because British tourists, probably members of One Direction, are finding fun and merriment by relieving themselves of their lunch in the still blue waters of the resort pools. Is it a trend? Well, the hotel is threatening heavy fines, so maybe. According to Death and Taxes, the pool poop craze isn't just limited to this one resort. Apparently, other pools all over the globe have had to be closed because tourists with a horrible sense of humor uh, have decided to take poop jokes to a whole new level. Not content to just throw a candy bar into the pool, fuck you, whoever's wasting chocolate that way. They're actually att- emptying their bowels amidst, I imagine, howls of laughter and cries of, I pooped all over you, swimming in my shit turd blossom at such high frequency that a pool at a holiday village in Turkey had to be closed nine times due to free-floating shit. Nine times. Don't these people have the internet? Don't they realize they're ruining their own vacations too? Nine motherfucking times. What are you, bears? Because you're doing it wrong. Bear shit in the woods. Bubbling is the new teen trend that will make you gag. Bubbling, uh, I, what? I have only been involved in a pool pooping incident once, and that was a horrible few hours that I had to sit in the sun and pretend not to be angry at the baby who had been so excited by the beautiful azure waters of the Pink Flamingo Resort in Santa Rosa that he had immediately dropped all of his children off to enjoy the cool, fresh liquid as well. When the pool reopened, the baby went right on back in, but he also didn't shit again because even a baby knows not to blow a booty bubble in public waters more than once. Nine times. Are you kidding me? Do I need to write a letter to my congressman? The Holiday Village resorts are so upset over this that they've actually had to release a letter to address the issue of unauthorized materials in their aquatic facilities. Anyone now caught performing rectal functions, I imagine of any variety, public anal sex can also lead to things like poop and worse Santorum, in the pool will be fined over $2,000 and immediately ousted from the resort without any sort of refund. Aside from this being revolting, logging is also dangerous for the health and safety of others. Travel law expert Nick Harris told the Daily Mail the following, this worrying craze has taken off in the last few years. We have dealt with hundreds of cases where people have been left seriously ill. Some idiots think it's humorous to deliberately poo in a crowded pool and then sit back and watch the carnage unfold as people try to escape the pool like a panic scene from the film Jaws. I didn't even think of that whole Jaws scenario, possibly because I would be horrified to think that any of my bodily functions could affect people in this way. Yes, it's true that we're digesting little particles of poop all day long. They're in the air. Ain't nothing you can do. But for the love of God, let's just keep it to particles, not actual pieces of turd that someone has freshly baked and broken off. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. Oh, my God. Logging is disgusting. I mean... got to be a special kind of sadistic. I'm, I'm talking about even more sadistic than a serial killer to, you know, 
fog and then sit there in the pool and watch the carnage ensue. I mean, what? <laughs> who does that? Who does that? Is, that's a special kind of insane, a special kind of sick. When you're watching your log and your poop as it slowly makes its way through the crowd. <laughs> Actually, I might try this. this yeah, I was thinking, probably something you could do. <laughs> and then when I was reading that, I realized that bubbling is the newest craze for teens must have been a link to another article, but that had me intrigued, so I just opened up the link. It says, newest craze... Newest online craze, bubbling, sees teens urinating in their own mouth. Oh! The latest <laughs> online trend to follow, neck nomination. I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is? No. Well, we may have to look no that idea. up, too. It's to follow neck nomination is called bubbling. It involves men urinating in their own mouths. Um, oh. A fake... Uh, a fake... Craze propagated by Australian skaters has taken an ironic twist by genuinely catching on with people around the world. Bubbling for fun. Bubbling allegedly began with a picture of a young man urinating in his own mouth at a rock concert. Uh, bubbling, which involves men peeing in their mouths and taking a photo, was described as being ende- endemic uh, by a skater in an interview with, with Vice Magazine. Sources say the originally fake craze could now become the new Neck nomination, whatever the fuck that is. I'm reading the same thing again. Um, let's see what the neck... What is neck nomination? This. I mean, oh, my I, gosh. And I, I hope that the uh, fucking, you know, uh, NSA isn't watching me right now. Um, <laughs> neck, neck nominate, also known as neck nominate. Neck nomination or neck nomination is an online drinking game. Uh, the other... The original parameters of the game require the participant to film themselves drinking a pint of an alcoholic beverage usually beer in one gulp and loading the footage to web. The participants then nominate two others to do the same, although a third nomination has become commonplace. The nomination, the nominated person has to complete the task within 24 hours. Uh, the game became popular in early 2014, and as it spread, it escalated with nominees performing the challenge in more extreme circumstances, drinking more potent beverages, or engaging in dangerous activities, either during or immediately after consuming their beverage. The British tabloid Newspaper Metro reported that at least five deaths in the United Kingdom and Ireland oh, are believed wow. to have directly linked to the drinking game. Wow. London wow. hostel work reportedly mixed an entire bottle of white wine with a quarter bottle of whiskey, a small bottle of vodka, and a can of lager. Huh. Okay. Well, mainly I want to focus on poop. And, um, <laughs> and uh, we did that. So uh, what, what, what's your favorite scene in... Uh, in the movie, when you think about the movie business and how it's kind of, you know, most of these movie theaters are making their money off the concession stands. A movie theater is basically just a massive concession stand, and the movies are secondary because most of the money for the actual movie ticket goes to the people who made the movie. Uh, and so what's your favorite scene? As far as for you, you don't use the tampons, please. <laughs> but you, you were saying to put them on my butt. No, no, I meant your... You're wrecked. I don't. I don't want you putting them up your butt. That's not good. <laughs> She's mine, mine. The mine, mine. It's very nice. I like that introduction there. My <laughs> favorite scene, and she's a main man, but your main finds mine is when a main finds plays one of our greatest presidents, Abraham Lincoln, mine, and 
said the following quote, and I, I, I truly believe that Abraham Lincoln has the best philosophy here. Four score and seven minutes ago, we, your forefathers, were brought forth upon a most excellent adventure, conceived <laughs> by our friends Bill and Ted. These two great gentlemen are dedicated to a proposition which was true in my time, just as is true today. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! And that's my favorite scene. It's season for your fight of praise, mate. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Thank very you, good sir. scene. So what's your favorite scene in season of for your fight of praise, mate? My favorite scene in Brains of Brains, my favorite Brains of Brains of Brains is the uh, scene where uh, Mind of Brains, uh, it's, it, it takes place in a, uh, a kind of a terrible movie with a great actor, though, of course. Um, movie is 1996. It's, uh, it's called She's the Mind, colon, Jack. And in it, Mind of Brains is giving a graduation speech, and she says, please... Don't worry so much, because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting, and if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer skies when the stars are strung across the velvety night and a shooting star streaks through the blackness, turning night into day. Make a wish. Think of me. Make your life spectacular. I know I did. And that is my favorite scene. And she's the mind with the mind of Brian's mind. Wow, that was excellent. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Well delivered. Oh, Thank my. you, man. I got, chill, I got chills up my spine. Ooh, ooh. You got to take some uh, some rectum fluid for that. <laughs> yeah. Go <laughs> rectum. <laughs> no, I, I don't mean up the butt. I mean up, up, up your rectum. But As far as for you... You don't use the tampons, please. <laughs> but you you were saying to put them on my butt. No, no, I meant your your rectum. I don't I don't want you putting them up your butt. That's not good. <laughs> well, I did. I did. Anyway. You said before while we were on the phone, so I already have one up my butt. Oh, you've got to be kidding. No, no, I, I you wish I was. Pull it out before it gets stuck up in there. Huh? What? <laughs> stuck up in there. Anyway, um, I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz, hit the brakes, Florence. And if you have a Barbie doll, what are you going to do with that fucking miserable cunt bitch dick? Oh, my God. You're going to throw it on the, the streets of New York City. Yeah. Someone's going to walk by, throw a canister down near her. It's yeah. going to be green news. It's yeah. going to soak her up, and she's going to slowly turn into some hot turtle. <laughs> and you should go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Go see it now. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I want to see it. I'm sorry. That was really random, but I know. <laughs> some hot turtle? <laughs> you have a, is there something I should know? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so maybe you don't want to know. <laughs> I had a dream once 
where there were turtles that had like two dicks. <laughs> what? Are you when I was a kid, yeah, when I was a kid, I had this weird dream that a turtle had two dicks, but so did like a friend of mine that was a girl. She had these two, two dicks. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you know, it's probably not a dream. <laughs> I fear it's all becoming true now. <laughs> Things are so much better when you're a kid. You can have these dreams, but actually they're they're reality. <laughs> Good night, Weeks. Good night, everybody. Good night, Synopsis of what your music style is like, if you can. It's like rock and roll, <laughs> generally. 